I'm Matt Schnowski here, and I'm joined by my my good friend, uh, Rob Thompson. Yo, yo. And uh, Rob and I have been uh, been chatting on the phone a little lately, and we were saying, you know what, like, uh, a really big untapped market is uh, podcasts. There's not enough of those <laughs> out there. Would, would you agree, Rob? Well, there's enough podcasts, but there's not enough of two white dudes on it. Yes, that's good. Uh, we're a very underrepresented demographic in all all parts of society, so uh, of course. I think it's great that we have a voice. Um, but anyway, so Rob and I were talking. We thought what would be a fun podcast idea, and I guess uh, in college, us and our friends, you know, most of what we do is uh, just sit around, talk shop, and and talk about you know dumb stuff. And, uh, and so we had the idea of how we would structure the podcast is I would do a lot of research on, uh, on a niche topic and I would tell Rob nothing more than the name of the topic and then trying to explain it to him on a podcast. And, uh, we thought, you know what, it might be kind of entertaining and, uh, slightly informative. Well, Considering that's the only context I've been given, I am just as excited as hopefully the listeners are. Um, so, I guess on that note, I received a text, I think Wednesday of last week, that said, have you heard of the Emu Wars? Um, I had not. A little background on that, I guess, or lack thereof, is if I could guess what an Emu War was right now, I would assume it is some kind of battle Uh Using the emu, I believe, is the it is a bird. So I think it's a battle um, using emus. Um, but with that being said, I'm gonna let Matt explain to me maybe the the history of the emu and uh, you know ultimately the origins of the emu wars. So uh, our topic this week is the Great Emu War. So um, as Rob said. Emus are uh, large, flightless birds. They stand about six feet tall and can run about 40 miles per hour. So, um, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty quick and uh, pretty big things. And um, where does that where does that stack up when it comes to running birds? Ooh, that's a good question. You know what? I'm gonna have to do some some research and get get back to you on that because you um, did your research before the podcast. I'm gonna do mine during. How about that? All right, so, sounds good. Um, but anyway, so, um, emus are indigenous to the great island nation of Australia. And, um, in the, uh, 1930s, there was a little thing going on called the Great Depression. Uh, I think you've heard about that, Rob. Correct. Correct. Okay. And so, as we all know, you know, the world economy was, was horrible. And in Western Australia... There were a bunch of farmers, and uh, there was a huge problem of animals eating their crops. Uh, do you want to take a guess what that animal was? Oh, let's go, let's, uh, let's go with emu. Wow, Rob, you are truly a bright individual, and you pick up on things Thank very you. quickly. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, anyway, so the emu problem had gotten so bad in Australia that... The farmers, they got together and they went to Parliament. And instead of going to the Minister of Agriculture, 
they went to the Minister of Defense because they said these birds are, are more than an agricultural problem. <laughs> They're a these, security threat? These birds are a security threat <laughs> to the nation of Australia. And we need to go to war with them. So Now, wait, I got to ask you, though. They went to the, the minister, what did you say? What was the title? The Minister of Defense. Did they at least loop in the Minister of Agriculture at a later date? Uh, no. All right. Not at all. So. This, was, this was war. This is war. This is this war. Is this, war. Is, <laughs> this is past the crops at this point. This is absolute <laughs> war. Yes. Um, so, Sir George Pierce, the Minister of Defense, goes to Parliament... And uh, he causes a big scene, and uh, okay. it, it, it was truly a problem. And uh, he said he was going to send out um, some soldiers with, with Lewis machine guns and, uh, and try and eradicate the birds. You, wait, and, now you said he went, he, he went out? Like he went out to like the fields in which the emus were wreaking havoc? Is that what you're saying? So the Minister of Defense went to Parliament, and he essentially said, hey, we need to send some, some forces out to the fields to try and take okay, care of these Okay, but he, he, he never went out and saw it for himself? He didn't get his hands dirty? No, he didn't. Gotcha. Um, weak, that's but, weak-minded, but okay. It is, it is. And they sent a cinematographer with them because the they were like, this is going to be a cakewalk. We're going we're gonna to destroy these emus. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 pause there. That's the reasoning for bringing a cinematographer. Like, who are you? What, what point are you proving if you, if you record this thing? Well, he, like, he, he <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't really like, think about like, Hey, I'm so confident that we're going to kill these birds. Let's get it on tape. That should be something like, hey, hey, honey, how was your day? Oh, it was fine. We went out and we killed a couple birds. Oh, I would expect you to if that was your end goal. But, but. I'm, I just typed in for the first time Emu Wars on Google, and it gives me the date, the location, and the outcome. And the outcome simply says, failure. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gives me an option to, to see aftermath. So, yes, I, was... hope I, didn't jump the, I hope I didn't jump the gun on that one, but please, please, uh, let, let's, let's dial it back. Let's go back to the cinematographer. Sorry, I had to cut in there because I'm not really sure what the bragging rights are with uh, recording you killing birds. So, so the idea was it was going to be so they could say they were helping out the farmers of Australia and be like, right. oh, okay. look, this okay. is what spin we were it, doing. Spin it that way. Spin it that way. That works. Yeah. Um, so Jesus. Major GPW Meredith of the seventh uh, heavy battery of the Royal Australian Army, and two of his soldiers went out with two Lewis guns, which are like old machine guns, and ten thousand rounds of ammunition. And they were like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna get these emus." And so on November second, they went to a place where uh, fifty emus were were sighted, and they kind of were baffled because the emus were in like small groups that were kind of hard to shoot. They thought like the emus were all just going to be in a pack of 20,000 birds just sitting, <laughs> sitting in the countryside. Um, so they actually had to set up an ambush for the emus. And um, 
essentially they found out that when they shot the em- or when they shot out the emus, one they were really inaccurate because the emus were really fast and scatter really quickly, and also that these emus were tanks. <laughs> that if you shoot them once, they're not going down. They're they're running and they're staying up. The- this isn't the backyard with a BB gun. No. Oh, this this, this is, is a fucking emu, <laughs> just eating bullets. Yeah, and they and a, a, a side note: they were using hollow point rounds, which for people who who don't know much about guns are uh, much more dangerous than traditional ammunition. And um, when they I asked, uh, and so. Major Meredith said that only a a few dozen birds were killed in the first altercation. So, they uh, they they kind of regathered, and they were saying, you know, this is this is a little harder than we thought. Um, and they tried to ambush the emus again two days later, but uh, right before they they killed about twelve birds, and then both guns jammed. And all the birds got away. So there hasn't been, at least through two days, there hasn't been any retaliation by the emus, correct? There has been no retaliation by the emus. So uh, the emus are, they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on, but essentially it's two days and they've only killed about 20 of the birds. Um, for something they thought was going to be a cakewalk. And note it, note that while all this is going on, it is being recorded by the news. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, I forgot about him. Um, so, uh, they weren't having much luck. So major Meredith decided to, um, to move South a little bit and, uh, see if they could find some packs there. And some of the observers noted that the birds had become aware of what's happening. And, and to quote uh, an army observer, each pack seems to have its own leader now. A big black plume <laughs> bird, which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch while his, mar- while his mates carry out their work of destruction and warns them of our approach. That's hard as shit, man. Good for them. Good for them. They even went so far as to mount the gun on a truck, and the emus were too fast for the truck. <laughs> so, oh god, I, I want to be the cinema- cinematographer. I, w- I want to see the, this footage. Have you seen the footage yet? Of I haven't. These, I have uh, not seen the footage. These, I think these wild uh, emu chases. I, I'd imagine it's it's at least uh, similar to the uh, Roadrunner. And the Wiley Coyote chases. It, these people pretty much are the human embodiment of Wiley Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I had to. I, I had to. Unless you have the statistic of the amount of emus that died versus the mass population of them, I had. I had to look up once you started reeling off numbers. Um, I, I'm seeing that uh, there were about twenty thousand emus. Yes, there were. There were twenty thousand of them. <laughs> And so far, they've only gotten about twenty. So, so at this point, with chasing them, <laughs> at this point, after chasing with the truck, they estimate 
uh, conservatively that it was about 50 and a more liberal estimate says somewhere from 200 to 500. But based on the spirits and the way people talk about it, I'm thinking it's closer to the 50. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. That's just a pride thing at that point. Oh, yeah. Like, and like, it, all right. We, we've not only supplied you with these uh, extra dangerous bullets, the just the overall ammunition and the artillery to kill these things. Uh, now we're gonna give you. Now we're gonna let you strap it onto a truck that we're supplying. These dudes, there was no chance they were gonna come back and say they only killed an extra fifty. No yeah. chance in hell. I'd lie. Oh yeah, I mean, for just, sure, for sure. And I, I'd like to note that in Major Meredith's official report, he took pride in noting that there were no casualties. <laughs> Of the, how wait, how many people are hunting these people down? Are hunting these not people? These birds down? So it's Major Meredith and two of his men, and apparently, <laughs> okay, like, that's right. that's oftentimes the farmers would kind of just pop in and hang out with them, I guess. So if a farmer dies in the line of fire, would uh, Major Meredith's would they count that as a fatality? They said it was his men had no casualties. They didn't specify about Ooh, the farmers. You see, let's, I mean, I say we do more deep digging. Let's, uh, let's change this to a murder mystery podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then figure out who died, who actually died in the yeah, evil well, wars. Let's splice in the serial music. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, summarizing the Coles ornithologist, Dominic Cerventi commented, the machine gunner's dreams of point-blank fire into serried masses of emus were soon disappointed. The emu command had evidently ordered guerrilla tactics, and its unwieldy army soon split into innumerable small units that made use of military equipment uneconomic. <laughs> it's Vietnam all over again, man. I know. And after Major Meredith's encounter with them... Um, after their first trip back to Parliament to say that only a few emus had died. I should note, so um, they were they essentially informed Parliament that few emus had died, and um, they withdrew the, mil uh, the military personnel and the guns on the 8th of November, so six days after they started. And Major Meredith what? said... The fact that this has been run up the flagpole <laughs> Parliament, like, the fact that, like, decision-makers had to sit there and not only agree to fund this attack, but also to pull the plug on day six. Yeah, that, that's how bad it was. I mean, like I said, Just they thought a, it was going to be a cakewalk. Also, a side note, the fact that you're saying parliament, very uneducated. I keep having to remind myself that that's their government over there. Uh, yes. So that just shows you how much I listened in school. Very little. So <laughs> Hell Yes. So thank you once again for just uh, reinforcing the word parliament in my vocabulary. Thank you. No problem. Um, so, so Major Meredith compared them to Zulu warriors, the emus. And he said, if we had a military division with the bullet carrying capacity of these birds, it would face any army in the world. They can face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. They are like Zulus who even dumb dumb bullets could not stop. Okay, so now I'm looking up Zulu warriors. Um, I believe those are those are an African tribe who who were noted for being okay. fierce warriors. Um, I think they were South African. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, he said 
essentially, if any army had the power of these emus, they could conquer the world. So, my question is, at any point did they befriend the emus and then use them for their own agenda? I think that could have been an incredible way to go about it, but there was there was no evidence. I mean, by the time they had ambushed the emus, the emus had clearly already wisened up and knew what was going on. And uh, that's when they employed their guerrilla tactics. I mean, maybe Major Merida should have employed some guerrilla tactics and, you know, dressed up like some emus and, and tried to go out there. A real, a real avatar situation? Exactly. Be them learn them, learn their life, learn their language, and then they will accept you. You must become one of them. <laughs> All of a sudden, you just start sprinting at 40 miles an hour. Um, so, on, uh, on the 12th of November, the Minister of Defense approved a resumption of the efforts. So they got defeated, and he had to go to the Senate, and defend his decision and say that we need to send people back out there because this war isn't <laughs> over yet. So, okay, so while this is happening, is it, like, are the emus just still just wreaking havoc on, on the farms? Yeah, they're just tearing up the crops left and right. Oh, God, that's disrespectful, man. I know. Just eat, eating bullets and crops. <laughs> yes, There's no exactly. Way to go about life, man. That's just. That's They're just machines. They're machines. <laughs> and um, so they wanted to continue this fight. They did. He, after getting their tail whooped once, they they said, "We need to go back for more." For more. <laughs> I mean, I'd be pretty pissed if I was him too. I'd want to get back out there. It's a, <laughs> it's it, it's simply a pride thing at this point. Yeah, that's all you can chalk it up to. We lost to birds. I have to kill these birds. That is the only logical next step. That's it. Exactly. So, in the second effort, they um, they went back out and they stayed out until December second, and they they found a little more success. I guess they learned some of the birds' guerrilla tactics. Well, that's and good. Um, by the tenth of December, Meredith said. He had killed 986 birds with nine with 9,860 rounds, which rounded out okay. to about a, a hundred emus per week. So they spent all, right. all this time, and think about it: two machine guns, and they're only getting about 13 birds a day, or 14 birds a day. Those are those are pretty low numbers. And it takes it takes about ten rounds to get a confirmed kill, and he also um, so part of part of the nine hundred eighty six is uh, they didn't actually like confirm that they just estimated that those birds died of injuries. So he was padding the stats. I mean, I, I, at this point, like I can't even blame the dude. Oh he yeah, just, you've been you've been battling birds for 10 weeks like you know just just take just take whatever you can get at this point go back to parliament go tell them you won um lie about your numbers uh at this point it's kind of hard to not be the laughing stock of everything um maybe at this point like it, I, you would think at some point maybe in week five or six 
they would bring in the minister of agriculture. That's um, my that's why that's where I think they went wrong. I agree. I mean, I think that's a very obvious oversight from the very beginning. <laughs> that they that they went like, straight to the Ministry of Defense. Like set up set up one more line of crops, and I get it, it takes a while for things to grow, blah blah blah. But what if we set up a, each farmer sets up a whole new plow and then you poison that row? Teach them a lesson, and all of a sudden you don't got to shoot them. They come to you. They die in front of you. I, that's what, If I'm trying to kill emus, which I'm not, <laughs> I'm just saying the minister of agriculture would probably have uh, a similar approach to the one that I just suggested. That's just me. Yeah, he'd probably know a little more about like uh, pest control and, and trying to, to stave off... Uh, to things that are ruining the crops than the the minister of defense was, and uh, so the minister, of the, the minister of defense was ridiculed ruthlessly in the media, and he was the yeah. laughing stock yeah. of Australia, and they said one of the members of the opposing party of parliament suggested that they should give the birds medals for their valiant efforts <laughs> in the war. Dude, I didn't even think about that. The opposing parties, that is all the campaign fuel you could ever need. Like, hey, general public, are you really going to vote for these losers? They spent 10 weeks trying to kill birds, and they couldn't even do that. What do you expect them to do when they're holding your livelihood and your future in their in your hands? Could you imagine, like, the media to today, if this was happening, if, if one <laughs> of the parties was failing to kill the other birds? The other party would have a field day with it. That'd be news well, over COVID, over the election, over anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's like that's like Trump having a having these birds run up on like a golf course and just going to just all out war <laughs> against them. Which, like, I will not sleep until my golf course is clear of these animals. Which, to be fair, that I think he would probably take action like that if that was the case. <laughs> and I can't blame him. I mean, these birds were running amok. Just, just give Secret Service something to do while you're playing the round. Like, hey, listen, let's be honest. No one's going to kill me today. Uh, just start picking off the emus as you like. It's <laughs> fine. Just, 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 just not in my backswing. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and I think the, the best part is that instead of the minister, like you said, the minister of defense being like, okay, this was probably not a good way to go about doing this. We should probably, you know pursue more reasonable pest control methods mm. he was like no we're getting back out there <laughs> Jesus. um so um in the after all this happened the colgardy miner which i guess is some uh publication um says exactly what we are saying in that the use of machine guns for this purpose has been criticized in many quarters. Okay, good. Glad, glad to know we're not the first people to say that. And so, inevitably, the government decided uh, there was a much better way to go about this, and they just gave all uh, a lot of the 
farmers' guns to kill the ones that are outside their house because a lot of these farmers were, were veterans from World War One. But um, prior to that, the region requested military assistance again for the birds in 1934, 1943, and 1948. All three times were turned. All three times were turned down by the government. <laughs> Good. They Good. very much learned their lesson. I mean, I, I agree. I agree with the uh, with the solution to just arm the farmers. Why not? I mean, there's no guns. There's no basically wild banshees being driven around. Just, just trying like, to gun down emus, tearing off I mean, the it, countryside. It is crazy because like. Now that I'm on Google, I'm seeing like the phrases, and sure enough, like the machine gunners' dreams of point-blank fire into serried masses of emus were soon dissipated. Like, I, I mean, whose whose dream is that, really? <laughs> yeah, to just round up all that. That's the funniest like, part to me is that they thought the emus were just gonna line up and congregate. <laughs> just like that, all twenty thousand of these were just hung out in one herd. They would just freeze like a bunch of lawn flamingos and just get picked off. <laughs> but uh, they've they've proven to be resilient birds. I mean, there's a reason that evolutionary they have survived as flightless birds. That's a good point. That's a good point. Now, are they still alive? Like, yes, the emus they, are. Okay, okay. All right. Oh, here's a question. Are emus still alive? Sure enough. Boom. They are. So, <laughs> one of the one of the the questions you can ask Google, or it already has a ready for you, is what country lost a war to emus? <laughs> like, like, how does it feel that that that's you? Like, other countries, are like, hey, who are the losers that lost to birds? Australia. My my favorite a, thing is is when you Google it, it just says failure. Yeah, <laughs> failure. See aftermath. As, uh, oh, okay. Now I gotta look up some of these pictures, man. So oh, one photoshopped emus into into general into generals' um, clothing. That's oh, I've seen those. Those are those are very funny. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you if you at home have your phone uh, in your hand, I strongly suggest googling emu war and looking at the images. Because emus are, look ridiculous as birds. <laughs> they look like they have just been tarred and feathered. Um, but in reality, that's just what they look like. And uh, people dress them up in just tons of military garb. And it's hilarious. <laughs> so uh, I love it. I love it. In, uh, in Parliament, they began to uh, refer to George Pierce as the minister of the emu war instead of the minister of defense. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Good. That, good. This is good. I think it's hilarious that this guy, he served in world war one. He was obviously probably a very respected individual to be made the equivalent of the secretary of defense. And then his whole reputation is tarnished by emus. There's so much, there's so much publication on this. Like, just in recent years, there's like, so, someone's making like, mo like fake movie trailers 
there's there's been like 18 different things since like 2015 talking about this man we this is something that you don't let die that's what i appreciate about this is that is that this will never ever leave the country of australia george pierce's ancestors will have to live with this look it's the emu guy um yeah sorry Sorry, we had some some technical difficulties, but we're back. But anyways, continue, continue, please, Rob. What I appreciate by looking at all the publications and the looks like artwork people are creating for this, even in the year 2020, is is the fact that you just can't let this thing die. I've appreciated the the fact that no one has forgotten about this across the world, and it seems like for the rest of time, Australia will be known as the Emu War Place. Um, the the ancestors, not ancestors, um, the descendants of George Pierce will be known as the Emu War descendants, and rightfully so. They deserve to get picked on um, in every way, shape, or form. Uh, and that's just my two cents on it. Uh, shout out to the rest of the world, um, to the opposing parties in the Australian Parliament, and for everyone else who just decided to bully George Pierce in, in arguably the worst decision ever made in the history of Australia. And rightfully so. Rightfully so, he was bullied. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, that's, there's no other way to put it. Like, you deserve it. I think, um, so I just I just Googled Emu War as well, and it's going to um, definitely bring me a lot of joy because the things people also search for are things like Pig War, the War of the Bucket, Anglo... <laughs> The Pastry War, Operation Cottage, and Football the War. The, bucket. Okay. the War of the Bucket has a lot of promise, and I'm very excited for that. Thank you for joining. Um, I think Rob and I had a good time with this, and we hope you did too. Um, I learned a lot. And I think you learned a lot of important things too. I mean, so I'm not a very well-traveled person, but now I know that I have dirt. On Australia, if I ever choose to travel there, which I will, and then I will, I have to order a shirt, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Emu Wars, that that's got to be something in their airports. Got to be. You got to own it. Oh if yeah. If you don't want to be made fun of it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, man, I I, I appreciated this uh this quick lesson in Australian culture. Um, looking forward to the to whatever the hell you're gonna throw my way next week. Um, and I also look forward to not knowing anything about it going into it. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks everyone for joining. Uh, feel free to, to comment. Let us know how you feel about this. And uh, hopefully we'll have a good topic for you next week. All right. Yes, sir. Pe- George Pierce was a fraud. George Pierce was a fraud. All right. See you guys. Bye.